I was saying, we're here at the Starlight Lounge doing our little show from opening to closing every day. And if you've been out there wondering where my backup vocals are coming from, <laughs> frankly, so am I. They're invisible. I call them my space angels. W Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World Information Station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 217 for the week of April 10th, 2011. I'll open up the inbox this week and answer more of your emails, including questions about the Skyway, choosing a deluxe Walt Disney World Resort, money-saving secrets, making a trip extra special, getting groceries to your resort, and background music in the parks. We'll also ask you to weigh in about some attractions that you might want to change. I'll have information about upcoming Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World, details of the WDW Radio Disney Cruise in 2012, how you can help others in need, and more. I'll then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. I love being able to share not only my passion about Disney with you on the show, but hopefully enhancing your Walt Disney World vacation experience, whether it's by introducing you to overlooked experiences in the parks, details, stories, or even the history of what once may have stood in the parks you enjoy today. I also like to help you out with your vacation planning as well, and when I do, I love being able to answer your individual listener questions on the show because chances are you're not the only one that probably has them. And when you think of listener questions and email, of course you think of none other than my good friend Becky Mankin. She is the owner and founder of MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, not only my official and recommended travel provider, but a good friend and frequent cruising buddy as well. So Becky, welcome back. Thanks, Lou. It's great to be back. And I, I got to say, we've got so many questions. I don't know how you're going to pick. And the the interesting thing about the questions and what I sort of alluded to is sometimes when you think you get a very unique question coming in via email a week or a month, <clears throat> sometimes even a year later, a very <laughs> similar question comes back. So while the questions are specific to the individuals that ask them, sometimes they are very representative of many people that have similar or sometimes even the exact same question, especially when it comes to food. And they're so good. I mean, a lot of these questions are well, and the food is good I too. But the, the, food the questions, questions okay. <laughs> the questions are great. So, in no particular order, other than the way that I've outlined them here, let's get right to Jason from Cincinnati's question because we've got a lot to get to 
We're going to try and roll through as many as possible. Jason says, Lou, love the show, which is always a great way to start and be sure and get your question answered on the show. He said, my wife and I are leaving for our third Disney trip to Walt Disney World soon. We recently purchased a flip video camera. Great idea, by the way, that they're going to be bringing to the parks. I can't seem to find any official word on what attractions we are allowed to film on. I've heard we can't film any pre-shows or footage that has copyright. Do you know the official stance on filming attractions? Thanks for all your hard work. You helped us get so much more out of our time in Walt Disney World. Again, that's from Jason in Cincinnati. So, Jason, I'm going to put not only my uh, podcaster and author hat on, I'm going to put my lawyer hat on as well. And I'm not going to give you the official line because I can't <laughs> give it to you. Uh, it is a great question. And uh, as, a, as a quick aside, I love the flip cameras. They're great for individuals or families. You can throw it right into your pocket or your purse. Great way to capture memories. Um, and a lot of the little handheld point-and-shoot cameras have great video on it as well. As for the recording, for most of the attractions, um, it doesn't seem that Disney has any sort of set policy. So if you want to go and ride Goofy's Barnstorm, well, you can't ride Goofy's Barnstorm anymore. So that was a really bad example. But if you wanted <laughs> to ride the Tomorrowland Speedway, you can bring your uh, flip camera with you and uh, and videotape your son trying to reach the wheel or me doing the same thing. There are certain attractions, Becky, that at uh, when you sit down or when you get in, it says, no flash photography, no videotaping, Carousel of Progress, uh, the pre-show to Stitch's Great Escape, two that come right to mind as long as we are in Tomorrowland. Right. And there are many specific ones, like you said, that are they tell you right away or there's signage that tells you no videotaping, et cetera. But it, it does raise an interesting point because technology is going so fast and sometimes their rules and their regulations and the things they tell you don't keep up with it. And being able to just easily record from, like you said, a, a regular camera to, you know, some of us that walk around and record using our, our camera phones, uh, it just seems to be going faster than, than they can keep up with the, the signage. <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, if you're trying to record your son or your child enjoying an attraction, I think that's one thing. Trying to record right. the Carousel of Progress to put it up on YouTube is probably something else. And yes, there are very many copyrights uh, that come into play regarding the actors and the music and the voiceovers and so much more. So the, my answer to you, Jason, is if you have a question when you're going on to an attraction, go ahead and ask right off the bat just to make sure you're getting the the quote-unquote official word uh, from a Disney cast member as to whether or not you can tape. And certainly some attractions, Becky, not safe to try and, and you know. Yeah, or some that can be annoying, like when you are in Haunted Mansion and people are using flash photography. For some of the guests that are on the other side and all you're seeing these flashes, it, it, it impedes the other guest's experience. So just, you know, be kind of mindful about the people around you as well. Flash photography? You, I wouldn't. Yes. It disrupts the homing signal and... Sorry. You've never been on Dinosaur, <laughs> but had you had been, you would have heard that. Uh, no, so. I'm usually too busy covering my ears and eyes and burying my head in somebody's armpit because it scares me so badly. I have no idea. Move wow. on. Wow. Quickly, moving on fast. to a question from Tammy who said, hey, Lou. Thank you. Thanks for the live broadcast. I'm watching my old Disney home videos and have a couple of questions after watching. Number one, we went to a restaurant near Pirates of the Par Caribbean that sold taco-like food that was sold in a shell. What's the name of that place, and does it ever open anymore? Let's take them one at a time. Tammy, I am assuming that you are talking about 
El Parada y El Perico, and I've been criticized many times, and I still probably got it wrong. <laughs> that was, it is currently, it is currently, as of just a few days ago, uh, when we're recording this, changed. It closed for a while. It has now reopened as the Tortuga Tavern Restaurante. It, uh, the menu has changed just a little bit. They now have chicken, beef, and vegetarian burritos, taco salads, nachos, quesadillas, and of course, the very well-themed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for, for kids. <laughs> uh, for years, when, remember, Caribbean Plaza didn't really exist initially because Pirates of the Caribbean didn't open until 1973. For years, nothing really uh, was in that space that uh, it later opened uh, as the uh, El Parada y El Perico in probably around early 90s, uh, maybe 92 or somewhere around there. And again, it didn't change. And it did always serve, again, that sort of Mexican, uh, you know, Spanish-themed type fare in keeping with Caribbean Plaza. So I'm assuming that was where um, you guys ate when you were looking at the video. The second question is your dad wants to know what they've done with the two Skyway buildings since they closed. What do they use them for now? It's a simple answer, and it's nothing. Well, it's a two-part answer, nothing and gone. Um, <laughs> I say nothing because the Skyway to Tomorrowland building, which occupies a space at the far end of Fantasyland, right before you go uh, under the archway into Liberty Square by It's a Small World, that building is currently sitting empty. It does nothing. They do have some character meet-and-greets, some stroller parking. You can purchase Christmas trees there in the wintertime, the Skyway to Fantasyland building, which was in Tomorrowland, on the opposite end, was torn down a couple of years ago and rebuilt. It was sort of restrooms on the bottom, and it was a Skyway terminal up on top. It is now just restrooms, unfortunately. And there's been rumors, Becky, for a long time about what might be happening with the Skyway to Tomorrowland building in Fantasyland. It's an odd shape sort of sitting where it is. I'm thinking Alpine Village... German chocolate candy store. I would be all for that, especially. If I knew you would dig it. I knew yeah. you'd like it because it's <laughs> it's not a scary ride and it involves chocolate. See, but I gotta say, I'm I'm one of those people that sits over in the corner and secretly wishes to bring the Skyway back. Listen, I Just do saying. as well. It was such a unique way to view the park and, and right. to look down on it. Now, could you imagine with the expansion of Fantasyland? The kind oh. of views that you would get. Uh, wow. You can Google images. I, I know I have an article up on the site about the Skyway and some images on there as well. I'll try and link to it in the show notes this week. Uh, it was one that I thoroughly enjoyed as a kid. I remember my dad liked it as well. There were some operational issues with it as far as uh, disabled accessibility and load times and things like that. And I think as, um, as our, we got... Older and kids got older, sometimes they got a little feisty up there. And the right. temptation would be very easy to drop a bucket of popcorn or a, you know, a I didn't do it. I swear it was not me. Below, so, um, <laughs> yeah, but the whole story of the Skyway, again, I'll link to it um, in this week's show notes. Moving over to Greg, he says, hey, Lou, love the podcast. So thankful for the work that you put into the show each week. My wife and I will be sailing on the Disney Dream in May 2011 for four nights to the Bahamas and beautiful. I threw that in Castaway Key. We won't have our kids with us. We thought we would top off a trip with a two-night stay in Walt Disney World. We've never stayed in a deluxe resort before, 
and think this is the perfect time to do so, I agree. If this was your first time being able to stay in a deluxe resort, which would you choose? Becky, he's deciding between Mm. Beach Club, the Polynesian, or the Wilderness Lodge. Having just come off the cruise, we don't know if we would be wanting to extend the beach theme week with a stay at Beach Club or the Polynesian, or go for a different outdoorsy type setting in the Wilderness Lodge, or maybe the Swan or Dolphin. So many options. Thanks again, Greg. Becky, don't think about it. Right out of the box, what was the first thing that came to your mind? I wish I knew how old the kids are. Because that really does kind of drive my my uh, my thought process. But I think the Yacht Beach Club... Well, the remember, Beach they're Club not Sierra having... The they don't have their kids. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I was looking at that. And when you said kids, I was going having the kids with them. So it's just the no two of kids. them. No my kids. apologies. I wasn't listening. Sorry. So that's going to that's gonna move things around a little bit. All right. So they don't have kids. They've never stayed at a deluxe, right? Correct. Two nights after a cruise. You're think- uh, I told you not to think about it, and now I you're know, thinking about but it. <laughs> I, uh, because, man, well, for me, Beach Club goes right there because you only have two nights, right? And you want to be able to enjoy some of the parks. If it's just the two of you, then you've got – and I know that they're saying that they don't know if they want to extend that beach time, but you can walk right into Epcot and enjoy – a, you know, some fabulous meals right in that area, see the fireworks without having to worry about getting around. That that kind of comes to my mind right away. If they're thinking about spending more time at the resort itself, then obviously the Wilderness Lodge is extremely romantic and it is beautiful at night. So I'm, I'm, I would lean that direction if you're not planning on spending a lot of time in the parks, but more relaxing together and enjoying um, the resort atmosphere. You, you know, I um, I tried to immediately eliminate one and I couldn't. So the first one I was going to eliminate was yeah. the Polynesian saying, well, you know, it's on the Magic Kingdom monorail loop. It's a great theme for kids and families. But you know what? The, the Polynesian, too, can be incredibly romantic if that's the kind of post-cruise vacation they want to stay. You can get a beautiful longhouse right by the water. You can watch the fireworks from the beach. There's this wonderful restaurants there. Uh you know, lots that you can do at the Polynesian. I did first go over to the Beach Club, again, mm-hmm. because of the location, the dining options that are in the area. You mentioned the Swan or Dolphin, some of the dining options there and on the boardwalk. Wilderness Lodge, too, gives you very much a different escapist-type environment. So you, especially if you do want to spend time just enjoying the lodge and maybe enjoying the pool, maybe want to take a boat out, do something like that. I think the Lodge is a great option. I think I would probably lean towards Beach Club because it gives you the most flexibility to do as much or as little as you want. So if you want to just spend time together at the quiet pool, you can do that, have some nice meals. But if you do want to go to the parks, go see Illuminations, walk over to the studios, have a nice, you can do that as well too. Okay, a happy medium. If they're trying to get away from the beach theme, they could also go to Yacht Club. Which has a little bit less of the the, the beach scenario. So they just the get off a ship and, and should, they just get off oh. a ship and should go to the yacht club. <laughs> hey, come on! The the ships are different. <laughs> yeah. It's the Disney Dream and like a, a dinghy. sailing so. <laughs> sailing yacht club as opposed to a big cruise ship. Come it's on! A vessel on the water. And Work so. with me. Go with me here. We're talking beaches. <laughs> ah. 
I don't I think that they up. can go wrong I don't with either. any of those options. So I don't either. I, I think if, if they pick any of the three, it's going to be a wonderful experience for the two of them. I agree. I agree. Greg, I would love to know what you guys end up choosing and what you thought of it as sort of a, a post-cruise mini vacation. Michelle writes and says, hey, Lou, just wondering what you might choose. Here it comes, Becky, for a sit-down dinner. If, yeah. your, if your spouse has never been to Disney, she writes, gasp the horror, I know, <laughs> but you're hoping to take a really quick anniversary belated Disney moon trip. They're staying three nights at Pop Century with free dining on our anniversary. Nice. She'd like to keep the cost around $100. Under would be awesome. My sit-down dining has always been character meals with my kids, so I don't really know anything about grown-up dinners. I was sort of thinking Ohana might be nice during wishes if we're lucky enough to get a reservation, but I'd prefer outside the park dining as we won't have hoppers and are actually ac- actually our anniversary falls on our Hollywood Studio Day. Thanks so much for taking the minute to answer. Love the show, Michelle. Ooh, 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 wait. I have a question, too. Maybe Becky can help with this one. That's exactly how she wrote it. If I get the package for two adults, but I have leftover tickets, five days worth. There you go. (laughs) Can I change the ticket that comes with the package into two into two two day tickets that my hubby can use for the four days divided by pi since I won't need to use them again? (laughs) Let's go through that again real quick. If she gets the package for two adults but has five days' worth of leftover tickets, can she change that ticket that comes with the package into two two-day tickets that her husband can use for the four days since she won't need them? Do you want to take the hard part first and then go to the easy dining question? Wow. Well, yeah, let's just work this ticket thing because obviously it's in a package. The tickets are embedded on the room key for the package, Right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're so not going to help me on this one, are, are you? You're because the travel agent here, so I'm relying on your knowledge normally, and expertise. Normally, see, this is going to get me in trouble because this one, I, I, I've i seen this scenario where guest services has helped, but I'm not sure if they're supposed to, <laughs> if that is going to get me in trouble if I say that out loud and now I'm going to have a guest services person listening going, no, don't say that out loud. Um, because the tickets are on the key card, I'm not sure officially what you can split those into. Uh, if you can take the value towards another ticket or not. My expertise does not go to that level. You know, right my, my initial feeling, because we've talked about sort of the, the transferability of tickets and how they're sort of right. assigned to that person, would make me say no, but I, I very well may could be wrong. Michelle, I would definitely uh, inquire with Disney when you get your tickets um, right. to see. Or, or... Yeah, and that, that's kind of why I'm hesitating here, because while that ticket is embedded on your on your key card i have again in some situations guest services has applied the value to other ticket media now if that means a ticket media for that individual or for uh you know some i don't think it's going it's supposed to go to someone else but as you can tell i'm kind of floundering here because i'm not sure what the actual answer is yeah i think that's one of the ones where you need to find out Directly from Disney when yeah. you get or book your package. But yeah. sorry, we, Michelle. We can help Michelle with dining. So, again, this is an anniversary, a belated Disney moon. Again, they your spouse has never been to Disney. 
Um, she's used to character ah. meals with the kids, but she wants to do something. And I'm getting the sense that you can either A, go for the let's have an adult romantic dinner or listen, my husband's never been to Disney before. I want to give him the Disney experience. I know she wanted to keep it around $100. I think if you mm-hmm. if you order properly and maybe split an appetizer or two, mm-hmm. um, I'm very high right now on Todd English's Blue Zoo over at the Dolphin. It is it was such a good meal. I almost wept. <laughs> that I went back again. You saw me, you know, just yeah. hugging my miso glazed Miro fish and how good it was. Um, I think that's a great option. Um, I think Il Molino is a great option. I mm-hmm. think flying fish is a phenomenal option. I'm picking yeah. areas that are on the boardwalk again because you can make that sort of a nice adult evening wandering the boardwalk. You can go to Jelly Rolls or Atlantic Dance Hall if you want. Uh, maybe take an Illuminations cruise if you feel like really doing something special. Right. And she mentions Ohana, but I, I I know that it sounds really good to go and watch Wishes and and go to Ohana. But honestly, if you're trying to get away from the kids and you're trying to have a, a romantic meal, just the two of you, uh, that's not going to be Ohana. It's, it's a whole different atmosphere. It's going to be great if you wanted to have your family. And it's a great family environment. It's great for a bunch of friends. It's great for families. But if you're looking for romance, I'm not sure Ohana's gonna gonna meet that uh, that need. Your suggestion of going to the boardwalk or that that area in general is really good because you can go enjoy a really nice meal. Um, you can, if you have your park tickets, you can go in and, and see uh, illuminations if you're looking for fireworks. Um, and then, of course, there's just the entertainment on the boardwalk and the other wonderful places that you can stop for an adult beverage. Uh, it's great to just stroll around the the whole area there. I want to throw out just a couple of other options because you know me when like you give me an, a Food. simple answer, I'm going to give you like a top 20, mm-hmm. a couple other things because he's never been to Disney before. Let's talk about maybe bringing him to a couple of other restaurants at resorts that might maybe introduce him to the Disney experience. So you can have a very wonderful, elegant adult meal at some place like Artist Point at Wilderness Lodge. Mm-hmm. You can get some ink. Very unique dishes there. You can get some game and some buffalo and the, the signature salmon there. And then introduce them to the beauty that is the imagineering and the theming of the story of Wilderness Lodge. California Grill, we've, we've raved about in the past over the contemporary. Right. You can view the Magic Kingdom, if you time it just right, catching fireworks uh, there as well. Also over at the Grand Floridian, Places like Narcoosie's, you're right. on the waterfront, you get that view, you get that elegance of the Grand Floridian as well. Same thing with Citrico's upstairs. Right. And I just had uh, dinner there not too long ago at Narcoosie's and was pleasantly surprised with not only the quality of the food, but the prices weren't that bad either. And frankly, if you're looking for a really good meal, um, you're, you're going to find that 25 to $35 entree price. And as you said... There are ways that you can go about meeting your budget as well and having a, a really good fine dining experience and share an appetizer or you know work, work through, share a dessert, have a couple of, of entrees to meet your budget. But don't let the, the sound when someone says, oh, that's really way too expensive. Take a look at the menus. There are all kinds of resources online to go check out menus and you can see the, the typical starting price and then that might help you decide what might be a good, uh, a good choice for your palate. And two things I was looking – the second half of your question sort of 
uh, obviated the need to, to mention things like Tables in Wonderland. So if you're a pass holder, that's where the value of Tables in Wonderland really comes in because you're able to get that 20% discount on your meal. And that's why the Tables in Wonderland card pays for itself if you are an annual pass holder. And I'm sorry, what was that about you going to eat at Narcusi's without me? I, I know. I Sorry. You were there. You were busy. You were busy that night. I, I'm, I'm hurt, I think you were eating with Otis or something. I'm and ashamed. So I'm going to move on to Dan's <laughs> question. He says, hey, Lou, but not Becky. I've enjoyed listening to every podcast <laughs> since Mouse Tunes. Dan goes way back. Yes, I've listened to each one. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Dan. Quick question regarding extra magic and dining. Here's another, well, I didn't plan these out this way. Another anniversary question as well, because for our 10-year anniversary, I have reservations at the aforementioned California Grill at 7.55 p.m. He'd like to watch the fireworks, then go back into the park for extra magic hours. So how does that work? If I'm out of the park when it officially closes, can I get back in and still get my extra magic wristband? Or... Do I need to get it early somehow, and is that even possible? P.S. We're staying at Port Orleans Riverside. Any tips on 10-year anniversary stuff to do on that property? You answered your own question because I was going to say take the carriage ride along the Sasagula uh, or yeah. even a boat ride over to downtown Disney. I don't know when you're you're going on your trip, but um, Hyperion Wharf, baby, coming soon. <laughs> um, and so to answer your question about getting back into the parks or getting in early and then come... The answer is yes and yes, and and things have changed a little bit. Uh, you talked about getting your extra magic wristband. That has changed because, and Becky, it seems like they've sort of alternated on and off from using the wristband system. I've seen it used sometimes, other times not. The last few times I've been there for extra magic hours, they have not been using the wristband system. They use it for things like Vic, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, but for extra magic hours alone, all you need to do is show your key card your key to the world card um as they start sort of getting people out of the park but if you do want to come in you show your your key to the world card and they will let you back in so you don't actually need a wristband right and and i do believe the last time i was there i was showing a key card so like you said things are always changing in walt disney world <laughs> and, and listen next time you go you they very well be back to the wristband system so but but no matter what the answer remains the same you can get your wristband early if they are using the wristband system you can normally get them late afternoon probably five six o'clock somewhere around there otherwise if you do want to come back to the park later on in the evening you can get it at that point uh christy says lou you are truly the disney expert not sure about that crispy but christy but we'll, we'll move on i have a question Looking through the Disney.com website for vacation planning, they always say the cheapest way includes the dining plan. However, I don't want to be tied down and end up wasting my money. My question is, what is the cheapest way for a family of four, and are there any money-saving secrets you have? I was hoping a six-day getaway in November. What would be the total dollar figure? I feel like you'd have a better answer and then Disney, I found your radio show, and wow, you're passionate about every nook and cranny of Walt Disney World. Keep up the good work. So, Christy, I may disappoint you in your question because you asked things like for dollar figures, etc. Really impossible because there are so many factors, Becky. I'm sure yeah. you're nodding your head in agreement. But as far as least expensive ways to go and money-saving secrets, um, especially as it comes, let's talk about it in relation to the dining plan, because she makes a good point that some people 
use the dining plan or they get the dining plan, but they don't use all the credits. There's almost too much food. So maybe that's not the best way to save money, depending on how Christy and her family goes on vacation. Exactly. And that's one of the things that when Disney came out with the dining plan uh, in, in the recent years, they created the quick serve dining plan and you know several different versions because they found out that families don't always use it the same way. And if you don't use all the credits, then you aren't saving money. You're wasting money if you're not using the credits properly or a, a way that's going to meet your family. So I've seen a lot of different stats and people trying to run the, the figures on are, are you saving money or are you not saving money? And Disney says in their marketing that the typical family on the standard dining plan can save up to 20% off dining. Well, if you use the credits a certain way, that's true. We've also seen some stats, though, that it might save you on average, uh, an average family of four, about $5 a day. So while it's not a huge amount of savings, five bucks is still five bucks of savings. But her point, Christie's point, is that she didn't want to be tied down to what she could or could not have. Or you might have credits and realize, you know, as much as many of us like popcorn, someone else may not want to use that and the snack may not be uh, available to use when they want to use it. So I would say for her, if she's already feeling like, you know what, I don't want to be tied down to this, I'll end up wasting money, I want to dine the way I want to dine, then maybe the dining plan's not the best idea for them. Right. And look, if they're looking for the least expensive way to go to Walt Disney World for six days, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things you can do. And dining is one of them. Look, some people don't want or need a full blown breakfast. So a pop tart in the room is enough for their family or a bowl of Cheerios for the kids is enough to suffice. Maybe they don't want to have a table service meal every day. They have a big lunch and a light dinner. That's one way to save money. Certainly, you know, the time of year you go, the resort that you stay at, all those things play into a factor. And Christy, this is why, and I'm not saying it just because she's here, but this is why using a travel agent like Mouse Fan mm-hmm. Travel will help you with that. Say, look, we want to go on a budget. We, we're flexible in time. We're flexible with this. What do you guys suggest? They'll be able to tell you, well, this is when value season starts. This may be a good time to go. There's a promotion going on. Are you guys... Uh, you know, Florida residents, are you AAA members, whatever it is, those are some of the best ways to find the best deals. And if another deal comes up from Disney, be able to apply that to your vacation as well. So absolutely. There's your shameless plug, Becky. Thank you. I I couldn't have said it better myself. And honestly, um, if you do go to a travel agent, please try to pick one that specializes in Disney, whether it's us or someone else. There's many out there because we're really in tune with the things that Disney is doing. So like you said, if a new offer comes out, we know about it. We can apply it and we can really talk you through all of those options, the differences between where you're spending money in your resorts or how you're spending uh, money on your meals or how to best effectively spend money for your tickets. So find someone who really specializes in Disney and they'll be able to help you. Awesome. Next question comes from Diane, known as Die For Now from Massachusetts. And, and Becky, I'm going to read this exactly as it's written because there is a lot of emphatic punctuation in here. So I want to make sure we get Diane's point across. <laughs> oh, Although boy, I've been here a fan we go. Since show number one. And stay pretty much under the radar. I'm not a tweeter, but I do follow your instructions to sit back, relax, and enjoy the shows. Recently, while listening to some older podcasts, I heard you and Becky answering a question about taking down the Halloween decorations and putting up the ones for Christmas. From your answer, it sounds like to me that they literally do it 
overnight. I mentioned this to my husband because he loves going at Christmas time, but I've always wanted to see the park done up for Halloween. My husband says, no way. They can't do it overnight, Diane. I'm pretty sure they can. After all, they don't call it Disney magic for nothing, right? So I bet him the cost of dinner at the Yachtsman Steakhouse. I'm reading it with enthusiasm. I'm thinking for our next trip, I plan on proving him wrong and being there for the transformation. Tell me, am I going to win this one? By the way, I'm thinking dinner at the Yachtsman is kind of a win-win, don't you think? Thanks, Diane from Massachusetts. I hope I did your email proud. (laughs) I also read to children at night for a dollar an hour. Anyway, so (laughs) when I talk about it happening overnight, um, it is somewhat of an exaggeration. And Becky, I actually saw that a lot this year when I saw the Christmas decorations coming down because it does literally seem to happen almost overnight. You can be there on October 31st and November 4th, all of a sudden, it's Christmas time. And while it's not really an overnight transformation for the entire resort, sometimes you'll walk into the Magic Kingdom on one day and see no decorations, and the next day you'll see 95% of them up or 95% of them taken down. And you're right. It's a total win-win, so there's no loser here. And look, if you guys are married, it's really all from the same pot, isn't it? Um <laughs> But yeah, it's, um, you know, at some resorts, at some parks, you might see it overnight, but resort wide. And again, like I said, I saw this over Christmas. It seems to take a little bit longer this year to get maybe all the decorations switched over. But um, it is very much a sort of magical transformation, especially between Halloween and Christmas. And, and I think you're right to your point that this year is probably the most I've seen it in steps or stages than I've ever seen before, honestly. Uh, in the beach club, for example, I remember one night looking up and the carousel was there and I got up the next morning to go get breakfast and it was gone. And it was just like transformed. It was it was over and done with. Where the Cinderella Castle, they had put up the um, the castle lights that was kind of quietly being done because you really don't see them unless you really look for them quietly being done from about the end of October. And then of course they didn't turn on till later on, but I I think some of the stuff they stage it over a little bit of time, but like you said, it's a win-win you're going to Yachtsman regardless, right? Yeah. And look, if you can time it so you can get like a couple of days at the end of October and extend it out to the beginning of November, you can go to Mickey's not so scary Halloween party and Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party all on the right. same trip. Very that true. is an epic vacation with Yachtsman thrown in right in the middle. Exactly. And one other little thing, too, if you're really interested in that changeover, I do know that they have tours that specifically talk about the Christmas decorations and how they do it. So there's a backstage tour waiting and available for you to tell you all of the secrets. Yeah, the Yuletide tour. If, mm-hmm. if you see that facility and if you are Amazing. a Christmas holiday person, it's like nirvana for you in there so (laughs) exactly all right simon in the uk says hey lou love the podcast i've listened for what seems like forever and your dulcet tones have helped take me from rainy england to sunny florida on new journeys each week i've never actually used the word dulcet tones Hmm. haven't given advice to other travelers in the past i wonder if you could help me or at least point me in the best direction in 2013 i've been married to my very patient wife for 25 years I know a life sentence, but being a Disney fan, (laughs) I want to arrange the vacation of a lifetime going to the place where three of us have had some of our best ones. 
assuming the world doesn't end in 2012. Wow. (laughs) That is my, listen, the Mayans can't be wrong. We, that is my wife Louise, and my 8, 10 in 2013, your old son Alex, will be coming to the world for at least three and if possibly four weeks around Earth Day in April 2013. Nice. Having stayed on and off property several times, the last two at Port Orleans French Quarter and the Riverside, I'd love your thoughts on how I could make an extra special one with some suggestions on not only where to stay, but what we could do. I love the parks, and my wife couldn't do any more than two weeks. Of course, I could. How easy is it, and this was actually what I was going to almost suggest, to fit in a Disney cruise? I know it's a long shot, but if you could point me in the best direction, bearing in mind I want to start planning now, I would be forever grateful. And that's with kind regards from Simon Clement in the UK. Simon. Okay, let's let's assume for argument's sake the world's not going to end in 2012. I'm banking on it, but in case yeah, it me doesn't, too. So, <laughs> uh, I think it's great that you were able to look that far forward. And I guess coming from overseas, sometimes you need to look a couple of years out to come for possibly four weeks to Walt Disney World. Uh, I think the idea, Becky, of a Disney cruise maybe breaking up that vacation is is a phenomenal idea certainly a very easy and enough time to 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 put that in there oh i totally agree if they're going to spend four weeks here having a cruise in the center that kind of gets gets away from our previous arguments about whether to go to walt disney world pre or post huh if you do a cruise in the center and he's asking how easy it is to fit in it's extremely easy because Disney offers some great transportation options that pick you up from your resort, take you and your bags to the cruise. You enjoy your cruise and they can return you back to your other resort. So I, I think it's a fabulous um, uh, suggestion to to give that a shot if you're really into cruising. And in addition, to 2013 really isn't that far out when you talk about booking a Disney cruise because right now it's uh, what is it we're in February right or March or April or wherever we are <laughs> we have to uh, we're, we're booking 2012 currently so 2013 is right around the corner and he's got a lot of opportunity I think in 2013 because by then you've got not just the Disney dream but the Disney fantasy. And who knows where that might be going and for how long. You are also probably going to have, hopefully by that time, or I'm not sure exactly when it's going to the Art of Animation, a new resort, is going to be coming to Walt Disney World. You've got Fantasyland opening. You've got Hyperion Wharf being opened. Who only knows what else is going to happen between now and then. The one thing that you might want to do, and it's a little bit of effort, but Disney, I think, makes it very easy. Becky, you could tell me if I'm right or wrong. Is if you are going to come for four weeks, you have a great opportunity to tour Walt Disney World. And by that, you can do a little bit of resort hopping. So right. if you've stayed at Port Orleans, you've been to Riverside, maybe you have this is a chance to say, hey, you know what? Let's go try Art of Animation. Let's go try Coronado Springs for four days. And then Disney will move our bags. Let's splurge. Let's do the Polynesian for four or five days. Or Louise's favorite thing is. You know, the boardwalk. She'd love to go to stay at the boardwalk. Let's do something special. You could even surprise her, Simon, and not Ah. even tell her. You guys go out to the park one day. You say, come on, honey, let's move from Pop Century over to the boardwalk for, you know, let's go over for dinner. 
not knowing that you've already moved all your bags, you've had Disney floral and gifts bring a beautiful basket and bouquet, and surprise, surprise, I've gotten you a cottage at the boardwalk for a couple of days. Hopeless wow, romantic, listen, that I was going to say, listen to you go. Oh, my gosh. That is such a great idea. That's assuming and that Simon wins the lottery, by the way, between now and that the world <laughs> doesn't end. So. But even the move, I mean, that really is a great idea because uh, Disney does make it pretty easy for you to do that. They do transfer your bags. They do transfer things for you. So if, you know, if you, you could kind of work with somebody to uh, to help with that little little move, that would be a wonderful surprise and suggestion. For such and, a great occasion. And you know what? He's going to be there for four weeks, right? Seven times. Yeah. Three. He's been married for 25 years. Oh, boy. Every day, Simon, you make sure that you either have something delivered or you put something special in your room for one day of each of the 25 years you've been married. Now, see, that's a really great idea. But do you know how many husbands you're getting in trouble right now, Lou? <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. Girls, turn us off quickly. <laughs> What a wonderful idea. There, and there's so many options. Uh, obviously, you had mentioned uh, Disney Florist, which is a wonderful job of, of making things really magical and, and special with gifts that can be done in the room. There can be things that, that aren't that expensive that uh, that you can create on a daily basis to have a little magic. So uh, four weeks. Listen, listen, you go to awesome. you go to one day you get some chocolate from Ghirardelli and the next day you get some caramel from the caramel Gucci store in Germany. I don't even know how to pronounce it. What? I don't know how to pronounce it. The Carmel store, the Werther's Carmel shop in Germany, and you get her a Duffy Bear the next day because they are so cuddly. And yeah, the uh, the possible. Listen, Simon, hit me up on the phone. I'll help you out. Anything you need. Moving on to Riley from Kansas. Do I have to read it like it's written? Dear Lou and Becky, Riley writes, huge fan, Becky. Oh, I like I, him. You are related. <laughs> Riley's last name is Mankin, obviously. Oh, I am going to geez. Walt Disney World June 2nd, 2011. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Hope Dad. to see you there, he says. Uh, with our tickets, we chose the option of the water park fun and more and also park hopper. I like how you roll, Riley. I'm now wondering if I'll be able to go to Blizzard Beach, then head to Beaches and Cream for lunch. Will I be let back into the park or will I have used my water park admission with entering the first time? Then, is it possible to use snack dessert credits to get the kitchen sink, or is that an OOP item only, out of pocket? And if you can use credits, then how many will it take? 17 dining credits for the uh, the kitchen sink. I kid. Thank you a lot, Lou and Becky. Again, again, Riley writes again, Becky, huge fan. Wow. I Thank you, Riley. You just made my day. That's very, very cool. I'm smiling now. (laughs) But... I have bad news, though, because I don't think you can use the uh, the dining credits for the kitchen, for the sink. kitchen sink. It's but not I, on the dining but you know plan. What, Riley, but Becky brings you bad news. I bring you good news that <laughs> you can go back. From what I understand, you can go. You can leave Blizzard yes. Beach and then go back in. See, you you had to like steal my thunder. Absolutely. There. I was going to do the, the bad news, good news thing. You just swept right in there, and remember, grabbed Riley, it from me, and ran with it. Remember who right? brought you the happiness? Who brought you wow. the happiness on this trip? Wow. <laughs> We're all huge fans of. How about this? Becky. Lou's going to buy you the kitchen sink. So hey, you know, win-win. Riley, here's a better idea, Riley. You know what? It's not going to cost you anything for your kitchen sink. Oh, you want to know, know why? Where you're going because where Riley, you're going to eat it all. What is it? Within a half hour, an hour? I think you have a half hour to eat the kitchen sink. If you eat it all by yourself within, I believe it's that half hour time. It's free. So there you go. 
Yeah, great. Kill my fan. Kill my only yourself, fan. You can <laughs> roll yourself back to Blizzard Beach from uh, from Beaches and Cream <laughs> after that. So, and yeah, hope to get to meet you uh, when you're down there in June. Absolutely. We'll have a meet of the month right around that time. Next question says, hey, Lou, I remember looking online, whether it was a Disney blog post or on the Disney World website, but it talked about buying groceries before you arrive at your resorts for resorts that have kitchens and such. But I can't remember if it was just for villas or if it was also for cabins at Wilderness Campground. Wish I could find that post. Don't know where to look. Hope you can help. Corey. Corey, we talked about money-saving opportunities when you're coming to Walt Disney World. And it doesn't matter where you stay, Becky, but you can buy groceries and bringing groceries with you when you come down is a great way to save some money, uh, especially if your resort has a kitchen. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the villa resorts, you can order them beforehand. Disney will deliver them and have them in your room. I don't think that applies to the the cabins. However, if you're... If you're coming in, many of the town car services will stop for a grocery stop if you elect to go that direction. There are third-party delivery services that will deliver groceries even to the the campground cabins. If I'm wrong that they do deliver the cabins, I didn't see anything. I have not seen anything about delivery there. When I stayed there, I could not uh, locate any resource for the exception of having a third-party uh, delivery service bring in. So I... That's about the research that I've done so far. Yeah, and, and again, there there are multiple ways to to bring it in again, but it's great to know about yeah. Disney's ability to get um, for the villas for yeah. Disney to be able to bring those groceries because I think maybe a lot of people don't realize that that service is available. Yeah, and if you uh, if you go on Disney's uh, website and or if you're working with a vacation planner or travel agent, ask them as well. They can provide a grocery list for you, and you can just check off what you want, and it's faxed in, and everything is waiting for you in your refrigerator and in your kitchen. It's nice. Awesome. Let's move on to a question from Cody in Atlanta, who is a two-year listener. It says, Lou, first off, love the show. Been looking around, currently stumped in regards to the question he's about to ask. Over the past few trips, he's fallen in love with the music. I'm sorry, with the restaurant, the Blue Bayou, haven't we all? On my last trip down, I noticed the music was very interesting and unique, kind of a blues version of popular Disney songs. I asked all over the place where I could find a CD with the music on it, but to no avail. Now, not even online can I find mention of it. So now my question. Is there any way to find the music played at the various dining locations at Disney World? I know the Basic Adventure Tomorrowlands are available, but I'm looking for the more specific. Thanks again from Cody in Atlanta. So, Cody, I've got some kind of good, kind of not so good news. For years, you were able to go to guest relations in Walt Disney World, and they were able to provide you a list of tracks for the background music loops for most of the lands, most of the restaurants as well. I am not sure, I, I don't believe that they are able to provide that extensive list or uh, maybe possibly a list at all. Again, those tracks sometimes change. We know Liberty Square changed relatively recently as well as some of the restaurants as well. Years ago, they did have these kiosks that you could actually go and create your own CD, these Wonderland kiosks where you can get Disney music from and sort of create Disney music from a lot of music you could find in the parks. Unfortunately, those are no longer in existence as well. Some of the music that you'll find in and around Walt Disney World isn't necessarily found on Disney CD. So I'm thinking about some of the music that you hear on a Kilimanjaro Safari is actually from 
African bands that you can buy their CDs on Amazon or in iTunes and get individual tracks that you might hear. Again, the problem is how do you find those track listings? You can ask the individual dining establishments. Again, I think for the most part, they probably don't have them. Uh, one place that you might want to look is Greg Airbar's book and website, Mouse Tracks. He is pretty much the authority on all things Disney music. Maybe I want to help point you in the right direction. Great book and website, by the way, as well. Uh, there also are a few websites, most of which, Becky, unfortunately, are kind of out of date, that had listings of some of the musical loops for, again, you talked about background loops for Adventureland and Tomorrowland and Main Street, USA. Relatively easy to find, not necessarily for the restaurants. But first thing I would do, go to guest relations and see if somebody there might be able to help you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking of all of the wonderful music. I I have uh, several resources that I go online for and listen to the to the streamed music as well and it's such a wonderful relaxing way to to do your work with that in the background. It it takes you it transports you to the magic when you can't be there. And so I can see why the interest it would be to have those CDs and have the the you know music readily available. Yeah, and Cody, there's always the Lou Mangiello total geek approach, which is basically to take a portable recorder, sit by a speaker for hours on end, and record it all and enjoy it in the comfort of your car. So, <laughs> Isn't that – no, we shouldn't say that. Okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead and do that. All right, Becky, we are running long on time, so just a couple more questions. First one is from Joe in Hugo, Minnesota. Not Hugo from Joe, Minnesota. It says, hey, Lou and Becky – I'm going to be down in Walt Disney World and have a dilemma for you. We are only 22 years old and are too young to rent a car. We'll be using Disney transportation to get around. We have a few dining reservations at other resorts, so we need to be traveling to those resorts. My question is a two-parter. First, for the price and all the differences that they have, which resort is better? Port Orleans Riverside or Port Orleans French Quarter? Second, is one better for the transportation aspect in getting around in Disney. Let's sort of take that, hmm. that second part first because that seems to be one of their uh, major concerns. The first thing I'd say, Becky, really, is that French Quarter is much smaller. Uh, it's a much smaller resort than Riverside is. So if you're looking to get to uh, the bus station from there, it's a very, very short walk over to the main building. For Riverside, which is much more spread out, there are... I believe four depots is a west, north, east, and the um, the main depot by the, the central building. So it might be a little bit of a longer walk for you there, but really not very much, so it makes that much of a difference. Now, as far as resort for resort, which one do you like better? I got to tell you, Becky, for years, I was really a French Quarter guy. Uh, I loved... The theming of it, I love that sort of New Orleans feel. And I still do like the fact that it's very small. It is very intimate. Uh, I like sort of being able to wander the streets. You get the sense that you are in sort of a very uh, you know, fanciful version of Mardi Gras New Orleans. The thing that French Quarter lacks that Riverside does have, again, it comes back down to dining, is uh, Riverside does have a sit-down dining location, which French Quarter does not. Uh, Riverside does have boat rights, which is full service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They also have the Riverside Mill Food Court, whereas the French Quarter only has Sassagoula Floatworks and Food Factory. 
Uh, I am a huge fan. I've become a much huger fan, and this is sort of where I've been requesting all the time lately, Alligator Bayou. Um, I love Building 14, Alligator Bayou is my sort of go-to place, first floor. You get that very sort of sense, like Wilderness Lodge, even like Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, that you are transported somewhere else other than Central Florida. Uh, You get the sense that you are sort of at a fishing lodge somewhere. Uh, They are short two-story buildings, uh, very well-themed inside, very short walk over to the main building over at Riverside. So you've got the River Roost Lounge there. You've got Yeehaw Bob there at night. You've got the food court. You've got the marina right there as well. So you can rent a boat or obviously you can get on a boat over to French Quarter or down to downtown Disney. You could rent um, bicycles if you want to go as well. Um, it's so French, uh, sorry, Riverside has quickly jumped to be my favorite of all the moderate resorts. See, and I I agree with you. That's what? amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I I'm partial to Riverside. I really do like uh, French Quarter. It's nice. It's small. It's got that wonderful theming, but especially at night, I really enjoy walking around Riverside. It just has that that special feel to it, like that Wilderness Lodge feel, like you mentioned. And of course, it is nice to have access, easy access, especially if you don't have transportation to boat rides. Um, the, the food courts at both locations are very well done and, you know, beignets, what can I say over at French quarter, but, um, so partial to those. However, I still am a fan of, of Riverside. I think that is my favorite. I the, was, uh, the last time I was there, I was actually in building 24, which is the farthest building out over by. And I'm telling you, I felt like I was in the middle of nowhere. And I mean that in a, in a good sense, like I had a, a sort of a, a relatively long walk, maybe because I just wasn't parking in the right spot, to my room, which was on the completely opposite side, but facing sort of the uh, the preserve area. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice, like walking out in the morning and walking back late at night. It was a very sort of, uh, you know, calm, wonderful atmosphere that I really enjoyed. But again, Building 14 over at Alligator Bayou is my favorite, or... Uh, getting over into Building 80 if you are in the mansions across the way where you can sort of walk across the bridge past the fishing hole into the main location. And French Quarter, favorite building, Building 5. You're overlooking the pool. You're overlooking the Sasagula. Um, And again, I I love the theming there as well too, especially if you want something a little smaller, a little more more intimate. And beignets. Do they still have beignets? They do. Well, last time I was there, they did. Hopefully, they didn't take them away. I'm if they did, research. I'm I know. Research. All right, well, let's go. Let's go check it out. Because <laughs> you know, just don't wear anything black. Because man, that powdered sugar gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you got me thinking about Disneyland, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen, beignets in the morning for <laughs> yeah Expo. Anyway, I have to move on because I'm getting distracted by food. Last <laughs> question comes from he says our very loyal fan. Daniel Roberts, he says, Lou, I've been thinking about the world's rides and attractions and about how after a ride, I'm often left wanting more, wishing I could have gone on and on. But there's the odd occasion when I think to myself, self, that (laughs) ride went on a few minutes too long. So I was wondering if you had one ride you could extend in duration and one ride you could curtail, which rides would you choose and why? For instance, hmm. I wish Space Mountain had a longer and perhaps more exciting conclusion, but wish that Ellen's Energy Adventure 
was three to five minutes shorter. Daniel, I think that is a wonderful, insightful, and intriguing question, and that's why I'm going to let Becky answer first. (laughs) Very interesting question, and yes, I can answer it. (laughs) Easy, 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 easy for me. Easy answer. If I could only pick one to extend in duration in a heartbeat, it would be Tower of Terror. Hmm. That goes by way too quickly. Is it the uh, is it the attraction part itself or the drop sequences? The drop sequences. The mm-hmm. I, I like the the build up um, at Walt Disney World. You've got that build up that takes you to the drop shaft, and then of course you know it, you basically are dropped and and you come back up and dropped and come back and it's done. I always feel like I want more every time I I done with that ride. So Tower of Terror, easy the first answer for. Wanting it to uh, to be longer, Soren, of course, is another. I really enjoy that feeling, and I, I know I just went to two, but guess what? I'm going to go to three because even though Haunted Mansion's a long one, I would so love to just stop in the ballroom. If I could have like three to five minutes sitting and looking at everything in the ballroom, I'd be happy. Doesn't take a lot to to make me happy. <laughs> Chocolate and long attractions. I know. Well, no, the dark and twisty ones. Again, Tower of Terror, Haunted Mansion, good to go. But if Tower of Terror was longer, I'd be okay. Yeah, I think you you know brought up a couple of good ones. Listen, you know, I immediately thought of of classics, Haunted Mansion, Pirates. Look, they can go on forever and tell that. You just let the story keep expanding. Right. Uh, if there was additional scenes in each, I don't think anybody would ever ever complain um what's your number one i you know i'd have to really think about that soren is another one that it could go on forever you that that sense of true flight i think peter pan's flight could go on longer <laughs> what why does what that not surprise about? me no I, it does not surprise me that you would answer that one I think for i think the wait time versus time on the attraction ratio yeah. Dumbo should go on like 11 minutes because you wait forever <laughs> <laughs> to go on on Dumbo. So um, you know, I think the and I can and I think there's a lot of attractions. Look, we can we can all figure out ones that we would like to go on longer. I think Soren probably jumped to my list because it's probably one that would be easiest to extend because it's just a matter of adding more visual scenes to the film as opposed to Haunted Mansion blowing out the back of the building and adding another show, you know, showroom. Um, I think a more intriguing question is which one is just a little bit too long. You're like, ah, it could have been done a couple of minutes ago. Stitch's Great Escape. Yeah, well, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, look, I'm only kidding. I'm not trying to beat up on Stitch's Great Escape. I think it's a it's. I think the venue is great. It's worked in the past. I just wish it had a stronger story. I think the audio animatronics are awesome. So I, I joke around about it. But if it, had a, if it had a better story to it, I, I wouldn't give Stitch's Great Escape as, as much grief as I do. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And and the the two that I would answer is more for my own neuroses than it is for it needing to end but honestly dinosaur could last 30 seconds and i would be so happy um (laughs) uh that one and splash mountain because for me i know just lost friends and fans galore no, no see again i said i prefaced it very carefully by saying it was for my own neuroses because that whole the whole lead up there's just i just want it over with i want the drop 
over with. And it's an amazing thing to me that I could ride Tower of Terror 25 straight times and still want more. But Splash Mountain is like one of the ones that just, I know. I watch my friends and I'm the person that takes the picture. <laughs> wow. No I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry. Again, it's my own personal neuroses. You can post your comments here in the comment section because I do, do want not to hear, email me. Don't email me. Post it in the comments for everyone to see and, and revel in. I would love to hear, and this is a great way to end this email segment because I do want it to be interactive. I want to hear from those people who are listening. In the comment section, in this week's show notes, go over to wdwradio.com, click on the podcast link, click on this week's episode. In the comment section, answer those two questions. If you had one ride you could extend in duration, what would it be? And one ride which you could shorten, which would you choose and why? Oh, okay. And me- well, go ahead. You didn't answer the, the second question I yourself. I know. I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, <laughs> Deflecting, can't you see? <laughs> That's the point. I'm not going to let you deflect. Come on. Come on, Mom and Dad. Money well spent in law school. I'm just deflecting. <laughs> Look over here at something shiny. Come on, uh, a ride that it. I'd curtail. So I, I did mention Stitch's Great Escape. Um, boy, that, that's a tough one to answer because there's no ride that I, there's no attraction that I ride that I say, you know, man, this really could have ended a couple of minutes ago and, and I'd be fine. How about um, teacups? You know, it's not <laughs> something that I that I ride all that often. It's a it's a once in a while if my kids wanna wanna ride it with me. Um I think for a lot of people it's tough because sometimes especially you wait online sometimes right. for a long time and you almost want the experience to be extended as long as possible. And that's why I was surprised you said Tower of Terror because sometimes maybe for people that don't like the up and down and the right. might be like, all right, uh, five times is enough for me. I'm good. I've had See, enough. And that's, and that's the reason why this question is so interesting because it's easy like I did on which ones you'd want to curtail to, to put your own impression of, of it on yourself, right? For me, it's like those rides aren't necessarily my cup of tea, right? But if you're trying to look at ones to curtail just because you feel like the experience as a whole is boring therefore it's not you know you don't got it okay all right go sounds dangerous starring drew carey there you go (laughs) i'll buy that music here um i'll buy that the the, the ones that you were going to mention are probably ones that are not your favorite attractions yeah Exactly. So I'm very curious because you know that there's ones that we're missing that we're going to see in the comment section and go, oh, how did we not think of blah, whatever blah might be. See, and right now my palms are sweating because I'm thinking about the big dinosaur (laughs) that's going to eat my head or, you know, that I'm going to fault and and get, you know, wet from head to toe on Splash Mountain. So that's that's all my my brain can focus on is the things that make me uncomfortable rather than, you know, what an obvious answer that's sitting out there that we're going to see posted, which is going to be great to see what everybody else has to say. You are a um, you are an interesting person. And I learn more (laughs) and more about you through each of these email segments. But what I do know, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is that, look, you may be dark and twisty <laughs> deep down inside, but if I was to plan my Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, or Disney Cruise Line vacation, you would probably be the first person that I would go, 
go to thank as long you. as it didn't involve Splash Mountain or dinosaurs. So, well, thank you. And of, of course, I've got your credit card number. So that kind of kind of tells us right there that I should be planning something for you and right about now. It shows that I, I clearly have trust in you as well <laughs> as I uh, as I really seriously want to impart to the listeners because you, if you you know look for a lot of people, there's nothing more important that they look forward to each year or every couple of years than, than a, a Disney vacation with their family. So that is why uh, I, for many years, have put my trust in you and everybody in your team. So, And I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing what you know and some of the creepy stuff as well with the listeners. <laughs> and some of my neuroses. It's, it is my you know my hour-long therapy session with Lou Mangiello. Thank I you. I am so going to litter your room with dinosaurs. <laughs> God, no. God, please. I got to go. Bye-bye. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Thanks again to my guest, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. You can find out more about Mouse Fan Travel or get a free quote over at mousefantravel.com. A couple of quick reminders. Don't forget about our all-new WDW Radio Disney Book Club, where everyone and everyone is welcome to join. There's no membership fees or requirements. We just select a book. We'll have a suggested reading schedule. Then we'll talk about the book on the blog and the comments section. Maybe do a live video chat and even have the author come in and join us. We're starting off with Ridley Pearson's Kingdom Keepers 4, power play stay tuned this week i'll post a new video interview with ridley we actually covered his live book signing in walt disney world just a couple of weeks ago if you visit this week's show notes or the disneybookclub.com you can find out more you'll also find links to where you can purchase ridley's kingdom keepers series of books either on amazon.com or you can download the audiobook from audible.com there's a link on the site where you can download a free audiobook with your audible.com trial Also, this past week, Disney announced their itineraries for the Disney Cruise Line in 2012. And not long thereafter, we announced the WDW Radio Disney Dream Cruise 2012, which is going to be November 4th through the 8th, 2012, not 2011. That's Jersey Week. For those of you that are up in the Northeast, all the New Jersey schools have off. Hopefully, that'll be a great time for you and your family to come and join us on the cruise. For more information to book or get a free no-obligation quote, you can go to wdwradio.com slash dream2012 or look for the yellow WDW Radio Cruise banner on the homepage of wdwradio.com. Don't forget, I want the show to continue to be interactive, so if you want to email me, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Call the voicemail toll-free at 888-703-2171. Be heard on the air, even if you want to just call in, say hi from the parks. Be sure and visit the website, again, at www.radio.com. Sign up for our free email newsletter. Read our daily blog posts. Check out our photos, videos, and talk with other Disney fans in a fun, friendly, safe environment on the WDW Radio forums. You'll also find all the other ways you can connect with me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. And on Facebook, we're facebook.com slash Radio. In addition, don't forget to join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.newscast.com for a live, interactive video news show covering Walt Disney World where you can be part of the broadcast and the discussion as you talk about the news real-time in the chat room. Again, that's every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern at www.newscast.com. 
If you can't make the live show, that's okay. I want you to keep the conversation going in our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash Radio. Please come by, subscribe there. And you can also catch the audio-only portion of the newscast in the WW Radio iTunes feed. If you go to iTunes, please subscribe to the show there. If you are a new listener, please go back, check out some of the older episodes of the show. I think you'll like everything we have in the archives going all the way back to episode one, including interviews, reviews, Wayback Machines, trivia, and lots, lots more. And if you want to get just a little bit more Disney in your life, don't forget to visit the WDW Radio shop. There I have signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books and the audio guides to Walt Disney World on CD or download. I have a special going on right now on all five CDs at wdwradio.com slash shop. And don't forget, if you want to get some Disney magic delivered right to your front door, check out Celebrations Magazine over at celebrationspress.com. Issue 16 is out. Most of our back issues are still available. To find out more, to order back issues or subscribe, visit celebrationspress.com. A couple of quick reminders about some upcoming events, including our Meets of the Month. April's is going to be April 30th in the afternoon in the Magic Kingdom. I should have the exact details probably later on this week. Stay tuned to Twitter, Facebook, and DisneyMeets.com for more information. Uh, In May, we've got Destination D and the Scavenger Hunt. I will definitely be there. If you are coming to either or both, please come by and say hi. Maybe we'll have uh, an informal meetup while we're there as well. May brings us the opening of Star Tours 2. The adventure continues, and our meet of the month is going to be May 21st at Disney's Hollywood Studios. We have that tentatively scheduled for 11 a.m. over at Backlot Express, which is right to the left of Star Tours. If you look at Backlot Express, go to the outdoor lower level seating area. Join us there. You can get something to eat, and maybe we'll even try and catch a ride on Star Tours 2 as well. For June, I mentioned last week, doing something a little bit special. June's meet is going to be June 11th, which is exactly three months to the day of the earthquake and tsunami in Japan. And for that reason, we are going to have our meet of the month in Japan, in World Showcase, for Japan. And with the tragedy that is still going on every single day, uh, I wanted to do some fundraising. If you visit DisneyMeets.com, you see that we set up a fundraising page at firstgiving.com, all proceeds go directly to the American Red Cross Relief Fund, and I'll have more information about our fundraising efforts and tying it into the meat of the month in Japan coming soon. Uh, later on in June, on Saturday, June 25th, is the annual Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. If you can't get out to Walt Disney World, but if you are in the Northeast area from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., we'll be back once again at the Linwood Convention Center in Linwood, Washington. I'll have a table and be speaking there, but there's going to be celebrities and other speakers, fan displays, Disney merchandise, show and sale, games, contests, pin trading, trivia, charity auction, lots more. More importantly, great opportunity to meet other Disney fans. Tickets are now available over at pnwmousemeet.com. Hope to see you there. Later on in the year, don't forget the D23 Expo is out in Anaheim in August. We will be back again with another booth. Lots planned for that. We also have the 40-hour show the weekend of October 1st, 2011 in Walt Disney World. A lot going on there. Please come by. Join us as we celebrate the 40th anniversary in Walt Disney World with a 40-hour live show. And you can join us there in Walt Disney World or by watching uh, at www.radiolive.com. More information coming about that. But again, so much going on this weekend. The 40th anniversary, wine and dine, food and wine. Again, more details about that coming soon. 
For more information about these and any meets, go and visit DisneyMeets.com. There I'll be posting updates as well as on Twitter and on Facebook event pages. Thanks as always to my partners and sponsors. Don't forget Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official travel provider. If you're looking for a home within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World, maybe you want some more space, a private pool, a spa, game room, multiple master bedroom, definitely go and check out All-Star Vacation Homes. They have two-bedroom condos, up to seven-bedroom homes, lots more. Again, allstarvacationhomes.com. While you're in Walt Disney World, take a trip down to downtown Disney. Be sure and stop by for lunch or dinner at Bongo's Cuban Cafe. In addition to the authentic Cuban cuisine, there's also great live music and dancing on Friday and Saturday nights, indoor and outdoor seating, three bars, an express window, lots more. Go check them out next time you're in downtown Disney or at bongoscubancafe.com. And don't forget, if you want to stay in the heart of Walt Disney World, one of my favorite places is the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. In addition to the incredible world-class restaurants, Oh, how I love you, Blue Zoo, Shulas, and Kimonos. I also love the Heavenly Beds. My wife loves the Mandara Spa. Lots of other Disney benefits and more. Go check them out over at swananddolphin.com. I think that's it. I'm sure I'm forgetting more. I know I'm going to have a couple of announcements, hopefully within the next couple of weeks for you guys. Some new contests coming back to the show as well. Been way too long for that. But as always, my friends, you are my friends. If you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook or on other Disney-related fan forums. And please come by. Review the show in the free WDW Radio iPhone app over in iTunes. So until next week, I hope you find the inspiration to start pursuing your passion and following your dreams. And when you do, I hope that you always keep moving forward no matter what. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Have a great week this week. See ya. Hey, Lou, it's Todd from Jersey. Long time no talk. Uh, just finished listening to the last podcast uh, about top 10,000 uh, water features in Walt Disney World, and I thought of two. Uh, one which I thought you were about to mention at the end, but MGM Studios, Hollywood Studios, whatever you want to call it now, um, back on the New York Street area, the Scene in the Rain umbrella. You can take that great photo op with the water going on and everywhere. And also, I guess this would be what you would categorize as a uh, stay with me here. Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom. That large stone concrete ball that is suspended by water, which you can't see. And you can spin that ball around as every hundreds of pounds that thing weighs with a little bit of effort, but not nearly as much if you didn't have all that water underneath of it. So uh, stay with me here, I guess, <laughs> on that one. Um, again, uh, love everything that's going on. Keep making the shows. We're going to listen. Love the magazine, everything that's going on. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll run into you on our next trip in a couple weeks. And until uh, next time, see ya. Hello, Mr. Lou Mangiello, and anybody listening to this voicemail, I just wanted to comment on the past episode, episode 216, and I just wanted to say my favorite has to be any boat ride. You know, I really wish I knew how they were sailing. It's magic. It just blows my mind. It is amazing. 
Now, if I had to name a favorite boat ride, I would ask you why. Why do I have to pick just one? But I would have to say my favorite is Splash Mountain. Just because you're floating. Again, my mind is blown at how that is happening. And it has just a great story and um, great animatronics. It really is just a cool experience for the entire family. And um, that's all I have to say. That is my favorite. I really I love any boat ride. I think they're all really cool. But you know, Splash Mountain definitely at the top of the list. And that is That Guy from MD signing off and a see ya. from Southern California. I'm listening to your latest top ten show with Tim Foster, which I'm loving, and I always love when you guys do these because it helps me think of things in my top ten, those obscure places that you wouldn't even think of. You know what? I love that water feature, and I never realized there's time to think that there is a water feature there, so lots of fun. Um, you guys are always going back and forth about how you have more than ten. What if you guys did it as a top twenty and you had your top ten and he had his top ten? Just a thought, and then that way um, you guys can give all those additional places that you're thinking of and that you love, and then even more places for us to think about and want to go visit once we go. Thank you. Thanks for all you do. Love the show. Bye. You've got a friend.